This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 11 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. Denmark was the first country in Europe to suspend the AstraZeneca vaccine as a precaution, followed by Norway and Iceland. Two Canadians charged with spying in China are to go on trial in the next few days since their arrest in 2018. And the sad news that Sabina Schmidt, former racing driver and Top Gear presenter, dies at the age of 51. These are some of the stories that make us ponder this week in the amazing world that we live in. On another track is talking to people that we can't meet with face to face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. Yeah, that, that's the thing you're keen in. It's not about the business and selling and the physical aspects of doing business. You're talking about attraction. Yeah, because it's true, David. Like people like to make business with people they like. That's the voice of my guest this week, Karen Velez. She is a certified image consultant. When it comes to social media and companies, Karen says that people only pay attention for four seconds. So if you want to stand out from the crowd, you have to think about your image, not just yourself, but of your company. To be different in this world takes time. Being a certified image consultant, Karam can take you on that journey of connecting your brand with people. Karam advocates if you build the feelings and the words, the rest will follow. Listen as she takes us through the journey of self-discovery. Do you have a purpose? Do you have an image? If you don't have any of that, then you're not going to survive in the current business environment. I first started by asking Karam what was the main purpose and motivation behind her business. Well, my new business is for image consulting. What I do is I help people to achieve their goals, like based on what they want their audience to perceive. That's quite a generalistic thing, but you do a lot more than that, don't you? It's not just about them achieving their goals. I think it's the whole package based on what I'm seeing on your website. Is that correct? Yes. I do a deep interview with a, with a person. I ask them if the goals they have are for like their personal lives or professional. If they want to change a job, if they want to grow their career, or if they want to go into politics, any goal, like even just like for stay-at-home moms, or if you just want to feel good, if you think that the messages that you are sending out like to people are not getting the results that you want, you can come with me and I can help you because based on deep analysis, I can find your essence. I can find the colors that suit you. I can find based on the shape of your face, based on the shape of your body, based on the proportions of your body and all that package I put together, like a whole list of recommendations that can help you to gain confidence and achieve the goals that you want. This is not about a superficial uh, makeover. This is more like a deep analysis of yourself because I even help you to identify your goals. Like what are your goals? Like um, I do two 
personality test. Uh, and in those tests, I can find like what is your character or your temperament. Based on that and on the deep interview, you can see where you are in life, where do you want to go. And after that, we can sit down for do the whole process, like for for your image. I also do image audits, like for companies, because right now with the moments that we are leaving, companies really need to reevaluate where they are, who are their customers, if their image that they have is accurate to the new target market that is outside. The target markets are changing so fast that they really need to sit down and reevaluate their, their goals. And I, I do that as well. I also do some coaching, uh, executive coaching, so can I ask a couple of questions? I'd love to break it down a little bit because you did two aspects of the image coaching there. One was for personal reasons and one was for business. We'll deal with the business in a minute, but I'd love to sort of talk about personal reasons. So why are, you know, being an image coach, why is that so important for personal reasons for people? What do you think? Mm, because the process that I have is different. It's scientific because it is important to know like you can just wear any t-shirt, any color, and it's not, it, it will not make you feel great. And we know that is very, very important for us, like to feel great. And this is not based only on a superficial thing, as I, as I told you, like self-confidence is built with so many aspects. One of those is um, the image is important how you perceive yourself like how you see yourself and how you see yourself is how you how, how the other people will see you and when you walk into a room and you walk with confidence and you walk like knowing that you own the room that you have like whatever it takes so you are on the other side Wow. And that's so true. You've said something that really hits home because it's not just about how people perceive you and project in this image, but it's your image of yourself that's so important here, isn't it? Uh, how do you go about changing that? Because that's not just a physical thing. It's, it's actually dealing with the mind, isn't it? It's dealing with any of the kind of hang ups you have about yourself. And the negative images. So how would you take somebody? Okay, let's do a great example. Somebody's a stay-at-home mum. She's been in a great job beforehand, high-power job, been at home with the kids, working with the little people for a year. How would you go about saying, okay, let's get you revamped again. Let's get you back into where you want to go in your life. So if a lady came along, how would you go about the process? What would be the first thing you did? And I know you alluded to some of the process, but take me through a step-by-step when you first meet that person. If that woman wants to reincorporate to the to a job, that's because that woman is a completely different woman than before having kids, right? So I sit down with her. I do the test, like the personality test, character and temperament. I give her the feedback of those tests because those tests give you a great feedback about where you are right now. How do you deal with environment? How do you deal with the stress? Which are your skills? For her will be like, okay, I want to work, but where do I want to work? Like, and right now that I have kids. So these tests will give them a different perspective for them to set the goals. So now that they see, okay, these are my skills. These are my abilities. This is my strength. These are my weaknesses. Okay, where do I want to go now? 
after that, I do like the deep interview where we talk about uh, childhood, teenagers, when they grow, if they, when they get married, uh, when they have kids. So how the relationships were like with teachers, with bosses, with, uh, with the husband, everything. So once we know we have all this information, I can sit with them and I can take measures, uh, measures of the face measures of the body, proportions. I sit down with them and I ask some more questions about their styles because some people are natural. Some people are elegant. Some people are a combination of natural and elegant. Some people are creatives and some people are a combination of, of elegant creative. So that's why it's very important to identify first their style after i have all the information from the deep interview from the test and for the style i do the color analysis for the skin for the hair and then i combine all the elements i start to create the recommendations for them once i have all the recommendations i teach them like i i don't tell them like what to do or what to wear or no, not at all what I do is I, I tell you, okay, based on your on the shape of your face, on the shape of your body, on your style, on your personality, on your goals, if you want to work like for, let's see, like a company that is a natural, you are not going to dress like a creative millennial, right? They need to uh, learn how to do all this. So I teach them kind of clothes that they can choose the jewelry the makeup the hairstyle the shoes if they want to work in an office like what is the protocol and etiquette for that office uh, there are so so many aspects involved in this process i provide the recommendations and even like if they want i can go with them and do some shopping and i can create a wardrobe for them have everything ready after the process is completed so I, I really enjoyed hearing that very detailed process that you talked about, which was wonderful because for me, um, you know, I, I agree with you. I think it's not just about the physical aspects of somebody as a personality. It's so much to do with the mental uh, aspects of it, you know, and like getting a great attitude about yourself, you know, and a great way of projecting that attitude. Because what would you say in the workplace today, it, you know, a balance is, is 90% of an attitude, the rest of it is just your physical appearance? Is that what it is, the balance sometimes? I think even for life, David, if you don't have the right attitude, you don't make it. Like you need to, I, I can just say that like you just need to have it. It's not, a, it's not only the appearance, it's what you are inside is what you're built of. People like who lost their, their job, like they can just stay at home and cry or you just go out and, and do something, create something, go ahead, move ahead. That's why like sometimes people is frustrated and they feel defeated because they don't know who they are. And that's one part of my job that I really enjoy because I can help them like to really identify who they are. And from there, like help them to, to build themselves and to go out and succeed. Oh, you know, I love that statement. They don't even know who they are. And that is just a wonderful statement. So we'll we'll tackle business in the moment. I want to now move to okay. you, Karen, because this is really intriguing. I love this. You've got this beautiful <laughs> accent. You're clearly not originally from Canada, which is great. I'm an immigrant. You're an immigrant. So 
tell us about the life story of Karam. I'm going to do a little bit of analysis now on you, if you don't mind. So where do you, where were you born and where did you come from and what's your background culturally? I'm from Mexico. I was born in Mexico City and I grew up there and, and I can say that I love the city. I was so happy living in Mexico City. Uh, but then uh, I had to come to Canada for some um, family circumstances. Uh, I came with, with my family. When we came, well, people hear that everything in Canada is, is wonderful, right? And it is, but it's a huge change, like from weather to food to environment, work, language. So when we were here, like uh, we were so happy that we were safe, that we were together. And we just started to build a life. We came as a refugee claimant. So as a refugee claimant, you don't have many, I will say, I don't know, benefits or I don't know how you can say that, but it's like you just get the work permit and that's it until uh, the government, the, the refugee board decides if you are eligible to stay in Canada or not. So we had to work. I was not... Um, I didn't receive any money from the government. My kids were little, so they had to go to school. I had to work. That's what we did, right? Just work and start living life. And we just like started to find good people. People in Canada is very, very nice. I can say that God put in my life the right people at the right time. And sometimes things didn't happen as I expected, but now I know that they didn't happen as I wanted to because something better was in my way. So I started working um, cleaning the buildings, which is something that in our country, like, is something that I, I never did, like, back home. It was something new for me. And then after that, I became the mentor, the trainer for that department. I, I really enjoyed that job because I love training. I love I love mentoring. I love helping people. But I had to travel, and I didn't like to leave my kids alone. Well, not alone, but but you know, like if the mom is not there, like totally <laughs> I don't understand know. that. Yeah. You, you know I what I mean? Like I do. No, I do. Yeah, like so, <laughs> the food is different. The house is kind of not as I like, and so then <laughs> and then I decided to change uh, to change jobs and. And I got another job, but that job was at night. So, yeah. That's tough. That's a tough one. Yeah. You've had an incredible journey. You know, I've known you for quite a while, you know, probably seven or eight years. And I didn't know what you just told me. And that really hit home. I mean, I really kind of feel very humble and I'm very lucky that I came from a country where you know I had a choice you know in terms of if I wanted to stay there with the bad weather in the UK well that's all I had to put up with <laughs> coming to North America and Canada there are so many opportunities the people are nice you know your life's not under threat you know the basic things get provided for but it's it is. hard isn't it it is, it really is hard. hard because you start you have to start from the bottom like like the things that I never thought I will do and uh, and it's humble. It's a, a very humble experience. And it builds character. Well, you just hit the nail on the head. It does build character. You don't realize it at the time, but these little setbacks or the things that roadblocks that are put in the way 
make you change direction. You know, if you're a motivated person, if you've got the energy, and this is part of your consultation process, that sometimes you meet those people that have depleted energy. They've tried everything. They keep getting the knockbacks. And they're just absolutely flat as a pancake. And what I love about it is that you've taken your personal experience from the struggles that you've had as an immigrant into Canada from a place that you loved dearly and you you had to press the reset button. You had to start on the first step of the rung of the ladder. So you know what that journey's like. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. And because I did it, I know that it's possible. I know that you can have whatever you want. You just need to be clear, need to write it down because that's very, very important. You need to write down what you want, be very, very clear, start the plan and just like for me, just do it, just work on it and believe that it's possible. You like really everything that I have um, on paper uh, and I work for it, I had it. And if not, it's because it was not for me and something better. I have something better now. Wow, that's so good because, you know, the thing about writing it down, it moves it from one part of the brain to the other, doesn't it? It's, it's, it transfers it from the thoughts to the more permanent memory part of the brain. And it makes it almost more achievable because you've moved it from the fleeting mm-hmm. thoughts part and you've actually got something concrete that you've written down. It's such an important process. And I agree with you on that. Listen, I'm not going to let you off with your life in Mexico. I want to know a little bit more now. Okay. Cause this is, this is intriguing. So. You, you had this wonderful life, uh, Spanish culture, mm-hmm. you know, Mexican culture, all that thing all mixed in. You you could dance, you could love, <laughs> I can you eat. could live, you could read. Yeah, you could you could look at the best art in the world. You could you could live life and be and you could feed that soul as we talked about it. So what was what motivated young Karen when you were at school? Say you were going to high school. What were your dreams and thoughts? When I was in high school, I wanted to do what I do now inside that's what I wanted to be I wanted to be an image consultant wow that's interesting but I didn't know how to get there at that moment I just had the desire in me so what inspired you to be an image consultant what was the little seed was it um, a family member or some you saw in business or was the family in business what was it that inspired you to think about that because usually at 11 or 12 you don't think of image consultancy how did you get inspired since I was, I can say, nine, ten, I was very, like, organized. And I remember always, like, having my calendar, like, on the wall and writing down, okay, I'm going to wake up at this time and then uh, I'm going to exercise, I'm going to eat breakfast. And and then after that, I started to look for, like, maybe some kind of, uh, maybe books for organizing. And then just one thing took me to another. I really like doing exercise. So in the exercise, uh, then after I met some some girls that used to do like modeling in, in Mexico, like, uh, we that women or young ladies go to events to promote the brands. I started to do that. And then because you need to look good, it's like, okay, look, how do I look good? Like, because if I I wear this, I don't look good. If I wear that, oh, I look better. So, and in this world that I was working, I started to feel that attraction. But then I thought, no, this is very superficial. I really don't want to do it. I want more because I like reading. I love learning. Mm -hmm. So I had that desire inside, but 
I didn't know that image consulting was something. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, totally. So, and right now I understand like how after the years now I'm ready to do it because I can have the the part that I like, like the deep part and I can have the outside part. So, okay. Talk about you kind of in high school, you're doing some fantastic promotional work, you know, you're getting some attention. You kind of start to understand what you like and what you don't like. What happens when you leave school? What's the first job you ever do? I used to work in a bank Yeah, as a teller. I really like it. I enjoy it. Being in your first job, it's always quite relaxing because you're learning, aren't you? It's it's like all new. It's uh, people coming in. What were the kind of key skills that you thought you got at that job that you know, you now apply now? It was people interacting with people because it's every day. And in Mexico, we are talking about well, many many people all day, one after another, one after another. So I I like that. I learn to develop those skills. I I can say that I am like a people person. Sometimes if if you give me the choice between to help someone, but you have to break maybe a little rule, I, I will not think about it. I can break a little rule to help somebody. So I think I learn to interact with people. So important. Yeah, so important. And I think from that point of view, it's learning to listen as well. That's one of the hardest things that you can do as a person. You know, a lot of people like to talk about themselves and they're very self-absorbed. So how long did you stay? Did you stay in that job and then come to, straight to Canada or did you change jobs and do different careers when you were in Mexico? No, after working at the bank, I, I left the bank because I was pregnant and the stress was very, very high because dealing with money is very, very stressful. And there was many, many people coming into the bank. So I left the job and I started working uh, in reception, which was like easy and mm-hmm. relaxed and the same interaction with people. I, I love that. And then after that job, I just um, stopped working because we moved from Mexico City to Tlaxcala, it's called. Yeah, it's oh, a, right. a little, little town close to Mexico City. I stay with my kids until we came to Canada. What was the first impressions? What was that journey like? I mean, you gave a, a little hint of it. It wasn't easy, but what was it like, you know, the first day your foot fell on the soil of Canada? What did you think straight away? My thought was, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, wow. It's like, I can't go back. I can't. So what, what was it? Was it like, you know, really cold, snow in the ground, or were you, did you arrive in the summer? It was May. Oh. And it was cold <laughs> for me. Of course, not for Canada, but it was cold for me. It was cold for us. Uh, and after the first winter, I realized that it was not cold. That was lovely. Yeah, relatively speaking. That was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> what did you find when you first came to Canada then? Was it, was it those sorts of jobs that you kind of... You, you, you really enjoyed again getting back into that reception interaction with people I mean I know the journey was through starting a cleaning job then doing some mentoring and what have you but was that really the springboard when you got to that job to allow you to go and do other things or did you stay there for a long time oh I can't stay for long in one place I, mean. <laughs> I can't I, I I get bored easy I need to learn I like to grow um so learn things new things like every day. Uh, I love challenges. That's what keeps me alive. And I, I 
I understand when people likes to stay like the same place. I, I get it uh, because we are, all are different. But like for me, it's different. So I think that I got into a job. I learned it. I think I'm good at it. Okay, I can move on, right? I can leave it for maybe someone else. And then the same. That's what I who I am. And for me, I think like all the jobs that I had in the past just guided me to where I am right now. You know that you said that so well. I mean, I look at the variety of jobs that I've done in the past. Yeah. I'm a little bit like you. I'm a a restless soul, you know. I'm and we have an expression because uh, being a military kid and what have you, they say a rolling stone gathers no moss, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much what my journey's been like. Very similar to yours. But you know what's been really great? And you did sum it up there. It guided you to where you are now. All those different jobs and experiences are now coming together in what you're doing as a business, which is phenomenal. I mean, I just love it. I mean, I have to say the other day, I know we spoke uh, through LinkedIn, I think it was. And as soon as I saw you launched your website and I looked at your photograph, I thought, holy, that's incredible. And I love black and white. So, you know, you're preaching to the converted. (laughs) But I said to you, my goodness, who did your photo? So I wouldn't mind actually sort of going back to business, your business, if we can return back to that. Let's start with that. Who did your photograph on your website? They are from Colombia, uh, Linda and Miguel. And actually, like, I'm working with them right now to do for the people who want to take their pictures. It's included like in my services. Wow. Because they are amazing because they even, they talked to me before. We had this conversation and I told them what I was expecting, like from the session. And when Linda was here, she said, okay, Karen. So um, she held me like for for the poses and everything. Mm-hmm. She guided me and they were very, very professional and wonderful people. So we just decided like to work together. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. Oh, that's fantastic. And just while we're on your website, do you want to just tell us what your website address is? Oh, just the web address? Yeah, so people can find you. Okay. It's uh, just karenbeles.com. And if you can spell that for everyone, because I would have put Karen down. <laughs> I apologize because it's just yeah. my, my Anglo-Saxon way of listening to the words. But if you can spell that for the listeners as well. It's K-A-R-E-M. B-E-L-E-Z.com. You're halfway through listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week is Karen Velez, your certified image consultant. Next, I want to ask Karen how she sets up an image consultant business and also what key attributes businesses need to have today to connect with their audience. How do you go about setting up a business like yours? What did what were the things you did to to do the research and planning and all that? How did you go about that? If you don't mind telling us, wow, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. Like people think that open a business is easy. It's not, but it's possible. So what I did is I was in a, in a government course with Action for Healthy Communities. It was um. I think one year. So they teach you from the different uh, kind of business to marketing, finances, operations, everything. So first, like this is something that I did like two years ago. 
So because I had that in mind before, even like working for a company full time, I had inside that desire to open a business. I went to school for that and I'm always studying something. I took that course and then like right now with the pandemic, when I lost my job, I thought, okay, like the first day when I received the the news is like, okay, I'm not going back. Like this is not going to improve. So I need to take action for something. I'm not going to stay here and do nothing. So that's when I started to plan like for my business and uh, create my business plan. I have a, a different business plan from school. Once you create one, like it's easy to create more, right? So I did my market analysis. I, f- I found my target market. I created my brand identity. It, w- it was a lot of thinking, like a lot of like reading, a lot of research. So I, I just went and um, opened the business first. I made it real. Once I opened the business with the government and I had my business plan, I just started working through my business plan. Yeah, just work. But, you know, you, you actually summed up really well there. Um, you know, we always encourage people to go into business and be no entrepreneurs. But, you know, you were really honest there. And I loved that about you is you said it was really hard. Oh, it is. It was lots of work, burning the midnight oil, putting business plan, putting your first business plan. It's like going for your worst exam, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so like intense and, you know, but the wonderful thing is, did you have anybody, a mentor or, you know, anybody you could call on who had opened a similar business or done something, you know, like your friends that do the photo- photography business? Was there people like that that could help to support you and carry you along? No. Wow. So you had it tough. No, because we were in the pandemic, right? <laughs> and it's like, it's, it was me here in my house. So, well, it was me and the computer, but it's okay. Like you have everything there. The thing is like, takes more time, right? But the information that I received uh, during my course was uh, very, very helpful. Every day is uh, a learning process. Okay. I want to uh, do a day in, in Karam's life in terms of business. Okay. And I've been here before as well, but I'm really intrigued to hear what you have to say about this. And I love your honesty and your your passion about this. <laughs> you get to that first week, you start your business and you sit down at the computer on Monday morning with that cup of coffee. What do you do? What's the first thing you do to get going, to get motivated, to get yourself off of base? I think I'm always motivated David like sometimes if I'm sleeping I'm dreaming about what I'm gonna do and I wake up and I write it on my phone and then I work on that and and I still have like a huge list of things to do like I need more hours in my day so then I sit down and I start start working. Fantastic. I just start working and, and it's amazing like how the doors open. And, and I often say it's like writing a book, isn't it? You've, that you've got to turn up every day. You, it's important to turn up and sit down at that desk and do something, even if it's for 10 or 15 minutes, that adds up. Oh yeah, no. And, and what I actually do, like one of the advantages of having a, a computer, a laptop is that I can move it like from the table to the kitchen, to my bedroom, uh, to the other bedroom. So there are no excuses, right? Like when you want something, you you just do it. 
I'd love to move back to the business because yep. that's one of the reasons why I do these podcasts is to feature entrepreneurs and how they started and, and the backstory, which you've you've really illustrated lovely. You've painted a, an interesting picture of how you got here. Now, earlier on, you did allude it's not just about personal image and, and, and consulting with people on a personal basis. You also do that for businesses as well. So talk us through that process. If a business comes to you, what what's the, the process that you go through? If it's a company, like the pants... What do they want? I actually like to work with companies that have suffered a crisis, some kind of manipulation of image or image distortion. <laughs> we know right now with social media, how can things go wrong so easy? Companies need to act quickly, to react quickly. And before reacting, I think it's very, very important for the companies to have a plan for social media, for public relations. So with the companies, what I do, once they tell me what happened to them, I make an, an audit, like an image audit. It's a survey, it's like can be internal, can be external. It will be maybe just a little group of people or like the whole company or for customers. And from there, we sit down and we decide, like I give them all the information, all the results from the surveys and all the opinions from people, the target market, the audience that they want to audit. And I give the results and from there, like they know where they are based on when they where they are, they can plan ahead. Okay, so let's have an example. You've got a business. They started maybe two years ago. They they managed to get themselves off the ground. They got a bit of finance from the local bank and they're getting on the way. And then suddenly the crisis hits. And then suddenly we find that we've got a cash flow problem. And then suddenly we find that we're not doing any advertising on you know social media. What's the quick fix? What would be the three-point steps that you would suggest to a company if you went in and saw them, they're in that sort of state, but they want to get themselves back up onto that level playing field so that they're working with other people and competing with other people on that level playing field? How do you go about that? People don't really need to invest a lot of money in social media. They think that they can do it, but they can... They can grow their business organically. They don't need to pay for that. So once they have their plan set, like their audience, the message, I think is just to work, to work on it and be very, very smart about the information about the message because people just pay attention for four seconds. No more, no more. So then your message needs to be attractive interesting needs to impact i'm really into the design of the messages because the message needs to be attractive to the eye to the brain if you see something that is not attractive like you just slide it up slide it up there are so many components in one message and people right now you can see on social media like everybody's doing great everybody's uh, achieving goals everybody's amazing but to be different takes time and you really need to sit down and create the right strategy. Got you. Got you. And image and visuals are so important in that yes. because that's really how our brain's wired. You know, we react to color, shape and contrast and juxtaposition of things, yeah. you know, things that really stand out because that's what catches the eye, like you rightly said. Yeah. And people think that they need to be every day in social media. They don't. They don't because people lose interest in them. So 
you need to know when, the days, the times. And then we go into behavioral economics, how people behave. It is. And I, well, I want to dive a little bit deeper into what you said about the timing of things, because that's very important, isn't it? I'd love you to let the listeners know if you're looking to do your own social media, you're working as the CEO, as the kind of accountant, you're working as the salesperson, <laughs> you know what it's like, you're doing what I do, you know, we have to wear all those different hats. Give a, um, a roadmap for how somebody should maybe do their social media in a week. What should they be thinking about? in terms of maybe the platforms that you've found successful, how should they schedule their social media? Should it be every day? But I think you said, don't do it every day. Maybe do it every other day or maybe three times a week. What's your suggestions there if you're just starting out on the social media journey? Right now, people is more into Instagram. So you actually can build a business in Instagram, like the, the home edit. I don't know if you have seen the TV show in Netflix. Like they build it, their business. From Instagram, don't post Mondays. Go for Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Not very early. Go more for noon or three forty-ish. Try not to post on maybe Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays because if it's business, people will not look into that. They want to relax. Like for LinkedIn. We know that is more like a, for a career. Facebook is more social. Twitter is so fast. Like you just need to be quick, short, to the point and smart and intelligent. Because sometimes people tweet all day and, and it's tiring. It's fatiguing, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. Because people are getting social media fatigue. But I really appreciate you talking about Instagram. It's something I've never used in the past and people have recommended it. I'm very much a LinkedIn person because I very mm -hmm. much use it for business. Um, I would agree to a certain extent it is about people looking for careers or jobs. But on the flip side of that, I think over the last two to three years from my personal experience, but it's about the effort that I've put in. I found LinkedIn mm -hmm. has been very beneficial about my business network you know the real business relationships and I find it amazing but you know that's really good you've inspired me to look at Instagram I never even thought of Instagram because you think of Instagram as more a, a personal social it's visual yeah but it's visual yeah. right got yeah and you, that's where you key back into that visual thing that we're all about as human beings eh? yeah one of the things that you need really think about it like if you want to grow your business and This is something that maybe people will say, oh, why do we need to do that? But it's true. Like you need to connect your brand with people and you need to make it through emotions because people will forget the words, but they will not forget the emotions that you made them feel. You need to create, you need to transmit, you need to, yeah, just to transmit the right emotions to your audience. So then they will not forget about you. So I'm going to be very off the cuff here. And you can slap me if I'm wrong here, because I think it's easier for Latin American or Spanish or Italian or some French. <laughs> they can do that naturally. You know, they've got that amazing Latin feeling in them. But how do we do it? You know, coming from, I come from oh. Scotland, right? We wear kilts, you know, and it's cold. And, it, you know, we want to be up tense and uptight all the time. So, but, you know, yeah. obviously I'm joking a little bit, you know, and I apologize to the Scots and the Spanish, the Italians that I probably insulted. But the point being is that how do we release that inner soul in the kind of 
the person that I am, for instance, you know, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm not like typical of a Scotsman in many ways, in some ways, because I'm quite gregarious, I'm talkative, I'm yeah. very interactive, and I'm very much about, you know, let's have a bit of fun. And there's a, you know, and again, I'm generalizing, I know, but how would you take somebody like that and, 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 and inspire them with a bit of soul and what does it feel like? You know? Oh yeah, I know, I know. It, it's not easy because like I'm Mexican, I'm loud <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I'm different. Right. Um, it's, um, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not easy, but we all have those feelings. We need to, um, how can I say this? To build the feelings, to build the words, to build the message according to the company. Like you said, if, if that's, that's where my business comes into. If the company is natural, it's elegant, it's simple. The message is simple. If it's creative, okay, so then we can be loud, we can be creative, we can use different colors. We can always use the right words to create the emotions. It's a process of thinking. It's a process of self-discovering. Even for the companies, they need to know, like they need to discover, like, why do they exist? Like, do they just exist because like they want to make money? They want to make profit? Like that doesn't work anymore. Um, You need to have a purpose. You, and you need to fulfill that purpose because right now, if you don't do that, like you will disappear. I, I think you've said that very well. And I think that's an important message to anybody that's in business out there that you do, you can't afford to disappear. And, you know, if your profits are going down or your image is going down or the response from the general public is going down, you need to do something about it now. You need to plan a strategy that takes you in a slightly different direction. And having something, somebody like you, like I say, when I saw you were an image consultant, for me, I said, well, well, image consultants, who really cares about that? But I think what you've summed up today is that image is probably 95% of what people perceive. It's visual. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's the emotions. It's how somebody reacts to something. It's the words that come out their mouth. That's what people forget is that we build up a picture of somebody within the first 10 or 20 seconds. Absolutely. And it's hard for you to forget that first impression. So you've done the analysis with the company. You've planned everything. You've done the questionnaires. You've got the information back. How do you now get that business on its journey? What are the practical things that you do to get that business going in the right direction? They need to understand that is not a one-day job. They need to understand that they need to have the whole company on board. They need to understand that they need to change, but they need to change from the heart. They need to to understand that their purpose is changing. The target market is changing. Based on that, just create the plan, like, like the process. It can go like operations, marketing, corporate culture, human resources, all the aspects of the company are involved in this process. And I like that because you can't, like I say, just treat one part of that company. You have to treat it all. All, yeah. Because, I, you know, I have an expression, singing from the same hymn sheet. You know, we're we're already converted. We, we understand where the company is going. But it feels like a great process. It's got to feel good. Uh, for people to go on that journey. Okay, so now we've got the, um, the the company up and running. We've changed direction. You as a coaching consultant, what can you do to help the company stay on track? We identify where we are, where the company is, and where they want to go, and we create the, the plan. I will be there for them. Like uh, we can create, if they need to redo the policies, 
well, I will be there. If they need to redo the procedures, I will be there. Uh, if they need help with, uh, with the marketing, I will be there. As a coach, you are there for your customers. You help them to identify where they are, where they want to go, give them the resources they need to get there, providing all the information, the best resources. Obviously, we've got a few more minutes. I just wanted to sort of see what you've got out of this journey at the end of it. I mean, do you think in terms of going forward, what's what's the crystal ball saying to Karen? Where's the next stage you're going to go after creating this business? Have you got some well, ideas? I have so many ideas, but I don't know if it's good to say them or no. I just keep them to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's up to you. That's your prerogative, like I say. But, you know, if you were to project forward 10 years, where would you like to be? One of my goals is to help women. And that's another thing that I do. I have a, a little company as well called Inclusive. I have workshops for women, for immigrants, because I understand that we need to, to learn. We need to grow if we want to succeed. So I designed these workshops for, for women to help them succeed in Canada. And I want to develop that part I want to keep working in the image consulting area. I like the design too. So I see myself doing these three things in 10 years. So the workshops, what do they deal with specifically? I help them to design their image. I help them with how to adapt to Canada. Because as you know, like you come with your own culture and to adapt to a new culture is not easy. So you need to understand the Canadian culture, which is very, very nice. So I had to to read books and I had to learn about the culture. So I introduce them to what I've learned. I teach them about the business culture because for us it's it's good to do some things, but for Canada, it's not good. So, and that can be like a block in your career. So, and I have learned on the, on the wrong way. I have like 10 or 15 workshops, like, but this basically like discipline and um, resilience, goal setting, mindset, all those kind of areas. Well, I didn't realize you had so many strings to your bow, Karen. It's amazing just interviewing you. I think we've got enough information to do another podcast at <laughs> okay. this rate. Yeah, absolutely. So um, if anybody wants to get hold of you, how can somebody get hold of you? Well, um, they can send me an email to contact at karenbellas.com or to my cell number, uh, 587-338-6659. Okay, do you mind just repeating those two bits of information again? So if somebody hasn't quite heard that. So how can they get hold of you on the email? What's the email again? The email is contact at karenbelles.com. And yourself? 587-338-6659. And also they can log on to your website, which is uh, www.karenbelles.com. Dot com. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. And uh, you're obviously active on Instagram and on LinkedIn, because I know that's how we hitched up. Yes. Um, which is great. Well, listen, I've got one final question before we go, and it's going to be one right out of left field. But I, I ask most of my interviews this question. So if you're 18 again, mm-hmm. what would Karam now tell Karam, young Karam? Um, dream big, travel around the world don't be afraid and believe that all the dreams that you dream are possible that's what i will tell her 
Yeah. Wow. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's wonderful inspiration. Well, listen, it's been a real pleasure. And thank you for being so kind of open about your life and about how you've achieved things. Because I think that's going to help a lot of people in the future overcome, well, definitely the fear, but also fulfill their dreams. And I think that's important to life. Yeah, thank you, David, for having me. It's been a real, real pleasure. And I hope, again, we can maybe repeat this in the future. For sure. (laughs) You've been listening to On Another Track with David Wilson. My guest this week was Karen Velez. Growing your business by connecting people through emotions with your brand. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in the series. Just look out for On Another Track with David Wilson on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated, keeping us safe on the roads of North America.